Praise the Lord. We have crossed over. Jordan is behind us. This is the promised land. This year is the year of promise. You see, when you think about it, do you know that there were many people yesterday they thought they were going to make the new year, they were not able, but we are here. And so, as we cannot thank the Lord enough, and so let's open our Bible once again and give Him thanks. In Psalm 124, i just read the psalm from verse 1. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may bread of life say. <laughs> if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. I don't know where they rose up. Maybe anywhere in our lives. Men, devils, might have risen up against us. But look at verse 3. Then they had swallowed us up quick or alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us and the streams gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord. Who has not given us a prey to their teeth? Wherever they rose up against us last year, the truth is, God did not give us a prey to their teeth. It might have been sickness, it might have been accidents, it might have been men. But the truth is, we are here and God did not give us a prey to their teeth. But that's not all. Our soul is what? Escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. And the snare is broken. It cannot be mended. (laughs) The snare is completely broken. (laughs) So don't be looking back. (laughs) And think that, you know, sometimes when you escape, you think that uh, they will come and draw you back. No, 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 no. The snare is broken. Whatever fears and troubles you have, don't just look back. They cannot be here in this year. The snare is what? And we are escaped. Our health is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's close our eyes. Father, we want to thank you once again. We bless your name because we have escaped by your mighty power and your mercy. And we can stand this day. O God, upon the year of promise, Lord, to look up to you once again, that your mighty power that delivered us from all that came against us will be made available to us in this year as we go forward. And you are the unchangeable God, so the same way you delivered us last year, we have this confidence assurance that you will deliver us this year. And the snare has been broken already. So there will be no fears in our life this year. We are going to walk with confidence. We are going to walk in faith. We are going to walk knowing that the God of heaven changeth not. And he can never fail. Lord, we pray, let that spirit possess us this morning. 
And let it set the tone for this year in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Being a new year, we will have to start by learning a new song. I love my master. Do you love your master? I love my master. I believe some of us might know the tune. It's the same as stand up, stand up. Stand up for Jesus is the same tune. I'll just take the first stanza and I think we'll just uh, take it together. I love, I love my master. I will not go out free. For he is my redeemer. He paid the price for me. I will not live with service if he's so sweet and blessed. I in the weariest moment, he is the truest friend. My master shed his life.
we want to hear from you. Lord, you will speak to us. You will speak to our hearts. You will speak into our lives. And Lord, your word will quicken us. And the grace to arise in obedience this year. Lord, you will grant to every one of us. And your name will be glorified in the land. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's be seated. Indeed, it's a marvelous thing that God does in our lives. And right from this morning, the message has been that we should listen. And we also said we want to hear. And so I believe the Lord has a special word for us today. And so I bring this message titled, Ye Shall Serve the Lord. Ye shall serve the Lord. We take our text from Exodus chapter 23, from verse 20. It says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. He has already prepared this year for us. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thy enemy and an adversary unto thy adversary. For my angels shall go before thee and bring thee into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites the Hevites, the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them, and quit break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days, I will do what? <laughs> the number of thy days, I will fulfill. That sounds like a protection, isn't it? That sounds like this year, it's life only. Praise the Lord. You see, what we have read is the condition that the children of Israel were to observe when they come into the promised land. And like I said, we have just crossed over also into our own promised land, which is this year. And so this will be the condition for us. It will be a year of separation from all evil and obedience in selfless, sacrificial service. Everybody says selfless, sacrificial service. 
as the guiding principle for us this year, and it's three S. So we can't forget it. In case anybody forgets, you say S S S. Is that difficult? Selfless, sacrificial, service. For our service to be accepted and rewarded by God, it needs to be selfless. And so, as we serve the Lord this year, you're going to ask yourself, this thing I'm doing for this brother, this sister, this church, this thing I'm doing in, the, in whatever ministry, is there an earthly reward in my mind for me? Immediately you see that the answer is no. You know that your service is what? Then you ask yourself another question. Is this the maximum I can do for him? Is this all I can do for my master that I love so much? Is this really my widow's might? If the answer is yes, then you know that you are offering a sacrificial service. David said, I will not give to the Lord that which cost me nothing. This will be for us a year of service. Last year, we focused much in this church on holiness. And the purpose of that is to prepare us for service. And so, I believe that the grace to serve in a new anointing will be bestowed upon us this year. Because the Lord has been preparing us from last year to use us in a new dimension this year. And so I want to start by telling us this morning that all through the Bible and through history, you will find that all the good that God has done, He has had to look for a human instrument. Do we agree with that? Everything good that God has done, except He finds a qualified human instrument is not done. So, God is not limited in power and resources and mercy. The only limitation that he has is, is there a channel that is worthy, that I can trust to use to bless the world that I love so much. And so many times, we do not understand that God has a need. And every time we think we are the ones that have a need. Of course we have a need. We need God. But did you ever think that God needs you? Did you ever think that God is crying out? Who shall go for us? Who shall I send? He said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. So that all this havoc and destruction will not come to pass. Did he find one in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30? Did he find one? He said, because I could not find any, I poured out my rod. That means that except he finds a man, goodness cannot be poured down. 
He needs a faithful man. And you and I will be that faithful man this year. Because God is preparing to pour out His goodness upon the land. He's already prepared it. That it depends on you and me. How much goodness falls upon this church and this land will depend upon you and me. He's not limited. The prayers we pray, He wants to use us to fulfill it. That's the sincerity of prayer. And so we need to have it in our minds that God is looking for resources. And you will be His battle axe. As we read in Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 20. We look at Jeremiah 51 verse 20 quickly. It says, Thou art my... Are we there? It says, Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war. For with thee I will break in pieces the nations and with thee I will destroy kingdoms. The forces of hell that unleash all the evil and the troubles around. God said, You will be my battle axe. Say, I will be the battle axe. To destroy the forces of darkness. Every evil thing that you see happening is released by the devil, by the demons. All the evil. But God is looking for a battle axe that will destroy the kingdoms of darkness. And we, this year, will be what? Battle axe. Praise the Lord. Quickly, we look at three points. Number one, we look at qualification for service. Number two, we look at areas of service. And finally, we look at the reward of service. We already saw in our text some of the qualifications. And it's a similar qualification that God has given us in the New Testament, if we turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. The Bible says there, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Listen. But in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from thee, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified. And meet for the master's use. And prepared unto some good works. Mm, every good work. That's the same qualification. He said the Bible tells us there. He said the foundation of God's sanction. That the Lord knows them that are his. What does that mean? 
It means we must have assurance that we are His. We must have that assurance that we are His and separated from sin. Why? Let me tell you, brethren. It is not a wise thing to serve any company that your name is not on the payroll. The reason for that is the company knows the people that are theirs. And they have a payroll. So if you go there and you are serving the company, on payday, you will be disappointed. And so, the Bible says that the Lord knows those that are His. Those that are on His payroll. Because the reward of God, as we will see later, is both earthly and eternal. And so it's very important that we check ourselves. Are we truly born again? Are we connected to heaven? Can we sing that song with all our hearts that we love our master so much? No condition will make us reduce our consecration, reduce our service because of the love we have for him. Can we sing it? Has that love of God been shared abroad in our hearts? Can we love him with all our strength? And people are telling us, you're going too far. And you say, I haven't started yet. Do you have that love? Because that's the stamp, that's the mark that you belong to him. Well, the second thing is this. We need to understand. The holiness and separating from sin is important. Because if you go to any man's house. And he has a sumptuous, delicious, good meal to serve to you. But the vessel that he is going to use to serve it is dirty. How nourishing will that wonderful meal? How nourishing? Of course not. It's not nourishing. So you see, there are two things there. Number one, you have to be sure you are his. Number two, you are separated from sin. Then you will be made qualified for the master's use. That's the qualification. It's so important that we realize that without those qualifications, we serve in vain. And this very year that we declare as a year of selfless, sacrificial service. None of us is going to serve in vain. None of us is going to serve in vain. You see, when you look at the Bible, in John chapter 14, verse 21, we need to know something there. In John chapter 14, verse 21, it says, He that has my commandments and keepeth there, he it is that does what? And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Whatever we profess, whatever we call ourselves, Jesus says, the signature that you love me, the way we have sung, is that you are obedient to me. It's not anything else. 
It's not how spiritual you may appear. It's not the wonderful fellowship or congregation you belong to. Jesus says the signature that this love you sang about possessing you, the only sign that that love is truly there for me is that you're obedient. And the service that God accepts is the service of love. God does not accept a service that we do by compulsion or constraint. He loves a cheerful giver. And you give and give and give until you want to give everything and you still haven't started giving. And you are happy about it. And others are saying, what is all this? Say yes, it's because of the love. The song writers say, where the whole realm of nature mine, that where an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. That's the song writer. He, he was willing to give everything joyfully. God does not accept a grudging service. Please, let's take note of that. He is not a, a pauper. Most of us here, wouldn't we be so glad to serve any president on it? Most of us here, rejoicing, updating our CV daily. If we can rejoice in the service of an earthly president, and there's no joy in your service. And you are serving by constraint. It's not accepted. God loves a cheerful gift. This year we're going to serve the Lord with joy. And that joy will be our strength. And that joy, <laughs> there is a multiplying effect. Because when you serve the Lord and the heart of the Lord is gladdened, that joy boomerangs. Each time heaven rejoices, your joy increases the truth. Praise the Lord. And so, we need to know that obedience is better than sacrifice. However, in this congregation, for us to properly identify ourselves and better serve one another, let me say this, we need to fill up the enrollment form, the membership form, if you haven't done so. Praise the Lord. So we can identify with you. Point number two, areas of service. Areas of service. The Bible says, ye shall serve the Lord. And in Romans chapter 12, I read verse 4 and 5. For as we have many members, praise the Lord, we are many here, aren't we? The Bible says, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. We're many here. We don't have the same function. We don't have the same gifts. But every single gift is equally important before God. In Matthew chapter 25, we turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25 because it's good for us to understand. We're talking of areas of service now. In Matthew chapter 25, 
I read from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to, one, to another one. So every man, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. God has given us different... Every person has a... Every person has a... Has a talent, has a gift. Nobody should ever tell you that you have not been talented. God cannot make a human being without talent. Why? The perfect God. The loving God. Why will He make you without a talent? More so that you are born again. The Holy Ghost is in you. You have gifts. You have talent. So that needs to be very clear in our minds. But what needs to be clearer is in First Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty-four. Because. Many times, we say we want to serve God, but how do we serve Him? Areas of service. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible says, Let no man... What? Are we together? Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Mm. That's uh, a bit uh, funny, isn't it? Say, don't, don't look after yourself. Don't concern yourself with yourself at all. Go and look after other people. What? The first thing is, who is going to look after me? God. But if you choose to look after yourself, you will be the one looking after yourself. And you can imagine uh, who is more able. Who is more able? We serve God through men. What did I say? We serve God through men. If you're looking for area of service, if you're looking for God to serve, you, lo- you just look at your neighbor here. He's the one you have to serve. <laughs> you, you know, in the same Matthew chapter 25, you see, if you go down, because he has given the talent. If you go down, he said when he comes to do the judgment. In verse 35. For I was unhungered, and you did what? How can God be hungry and you giving him meat? How can Naked, and you did what? Clothed me, verse 36. Sick, and you visited me. Prison, and you came to me. Brother Leo, and all the brethren in the outreach, they will understand these verses specially. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying what? Lord, when saw we thee? Hungry, fed thee, thirsty, gave thee drink. When saw we thee a stranger, took thee in, naked, clothed thee. Or saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came to thee. 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Area of service. If you want to serve God, just look at the nearest person to you. That's the one to serve. And also, when you don't want to serve God, you look at the nearest person to you and say, I don't want to serve you. We need to understand that. You know, in the Old Testament, God talked much to the Israelites about building the temple. And when you are building the temple, it's like you are working for God. You are building the temple. The temple was a special thing to them in Israel. But do you know where the temple is today? You and me. So if you want to build the temple of God, if you want to serve God, you build one another. When you speak a word against your neighbor, you're speaking against God. When you speak a good word concerning your neighbor, you are glorifying God. He said, ye are the temple of the living God. It's not this forward. In Israel, they specialize, and, and, and unfortunately today, even in some churches, the glory of God is dependent on the size of the building and the shape and, and, and the fancifulness. But that is not God. God is not there. God is in you and me. So if you're looking for an area of service this year, you just look to the nearest person, whoever he is. Maybe a drunkard, smoker, non-entity. You say, this is God. I can see God in him. Area of service. <laughs> and I want to say something. The love of Jesus Christ is different from any other love. You know, the love of Jesus Christ is not love your neighbor as yourself. How many of us know that? How many of us know that? That's not the love of Jesus. The Bible defines the love of Jesus for us in First John chapter 3. In verse 16, you know, we all know John 3.16, isn't it? It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. First John chapter 3, verse 16. First John chapter 3, the Bible says, Hereby perceive we the love of... Say, how do you identify? How do you know that this is the love of God? Not any other love. How do you perceive it? Because... He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Is that love your neighbor as yourself? Is that, is, that, is that what you see in that verse? If you are loving your neighbor as yourself, and you are in a boat that is about to sink, and the condition is that one person needs to jump into the sea, otherwise both of you will perish. Since you love your neighbor as yourself, don't you know there will be a long argument? You don't understand me. <laughs> By the time that argument is finished, you know what will happen? Both of you will be at the bottom. 
The love of Jesus is different. And he said, by this shall all men know. It's not that other people don't have love. Other people have uh, one type of love. But he knows the love that is manufactured in heaven. So he said, immediately you see this, this is the stamp of heaven. And the love of God. Talking about areas of service. What are the different areas of service? Number one, personal evangelism. In John chapter 1 verse 40. Everybody is an evangelist. In John chapter 1 verse 40. And one of the two which had John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Andrew found who? His brother, Simon Peter. I don't think if you look at the church history, I don't think Andrew featured much compared to Simon Peter, isn't it? But who found him? Who found him? Let me tell you, you may be an ordinary if there is anything like that because we are all the children of the king. You may just be an ordinary Christian. But do you know? That person that is a drunkard by your side, it may be another form that you can find. The nearest person that God has brought your way could be the instrument that will do great things in this world much more than you ever will do. You don't need to go far. This was his brother. So don't tell me that, well, you want to go far. No, God knows the ones that he sends near to you. It's the nearest, you have a nearby friend. You have somebody you chat with every day. Somebody that you go to shop with every day. Somebody that you walk with every day. Somebody so close. Every one of us, we don't live in an island. That is the Simon Peter beside you. He didn't need a big Bible college training. Did he? What was the message? What was his message? We have found the Messiah. That was enough message to make a Simon Peter. We have what? Found the Messiah. Your testimony and your life. Before that Simon Peter is sufficient. What's making you so joyful this year? Things don't seem to be all right around us in this office. But I see you singing and bubbling. What's making you so joyful this year? I have found the Messiah. That's enough. He wants to receive that joy. The whole world is looking for joy. And they see you having joy inexplicable. I said, my friend, we're working together, we're doing this together. But why are you bubbling? Because it's bubbling and it's overflowing. I have found the message. You don't need a Bible college to be an evangelist. 
talking about areas of service. Number two, personal prayer for one another. The Bible says we should pray for one another so that we will be healed. That's the second area. Pray. When you come to church, you see the face of sister is not very happy. You don't have to ask her. You just go home. Say, I saw sister's face. I don't know what the problem is. But I want to see her face shining the next time I meet her. God, whatever it is, you're going to do something. That's serving God. That's serving God. Pray for one another that ye may be healed. Forget yourself. Pray for that person. Lift up the problems of the brethren before you. Get the prayer list. That's serving God. Every one of us can do these things. Yes. And do you know what? You, you remember the case of Job, isn't it? He said God turned around his captivity when he did what? When he prayed for his friends. You want God to turn around your captivity? And to give you a double portion like Job? He prayed for his friends. What about practical love? We can manifest love. Visit one another. Encourage one another. Help one another. In this busy world, you wake up in the morning and say, God, I want to serve you through somebody. Send me out. Make a phone call. Do you know you can make a phone call? And the person will say, Brother, sister, why did you call now? I was just kneeling down and say, God, I don't know what is happening around me. I cannot follow you anymore. Everything is difficult. I have prayed and no answer is coming. I, I am throwing in the towel. And at that moment, you phone and you haven't phoned that person for two years. And you begin to speak the promises of God. The person will say, what is this? Isn't how God? They say, I'm so busy. I cannot make a phone call. I cannot visit. Serving God. Every one of us can do that. What about exemplary life? Pure words. Even attending church programs. You know, some people go to their offices half an hour early. 15 minutes early. Am I right? Am I right here? To come to church on time is difficult. And we say we are serving the King of Kings. We cannot come to church 15 minutes before time. Is that an exemplary life? We can serve God by exemplary living. One thing, brethren, is the way we treat God, that's how He treats us. If you honor Him, He honors you. If you dishonor Him, He will dishonor you. Yes, that's what He told Eli, isn't it? So, brethren, we can serve God by exemplary living. But not only that, we have a number of ministries in the church. But for that, we will need you to at least complete the beginner's uh, discipleship training course so that we are on the same uh, footing. Because then you are ministering on behalf of the church. So we want to be on the same platform. So at least the beginner's class, 
Then you can join any of the ministry, and there are many ministries. Intercessory ministry is there. If you feel God is leading you to pray more. Outreach ministry is there. They are the ones that uh, seem to be receiving the Matthew 25 uh, gifts. <laughs> but we all receive gifts. Friday school is there. Praise and worship, ushering, visitation, women ministry. You name it. It's abundance you can do. There's so much you can do. And God is depending on who? God is depending on who? He's depending on you and me. So, whenever you kneel down praying, God is also looking at you. Say, can I depend on you? To even answer this very prayer, you pray. Can I depend on you to serve me so much that you bring my glory into this church? You say, God sent down the glory. But through who? That was Moses. God came to Moses. He said, Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. And I am come down to deliver them. Moses said, that's very nice. That's what we have been praying for. And then God said, now come, let me send you to Pharaoh to bring that. Moses said, no, that's, that, that's not the idea. I thought you said you have come down. <laughs> God said, no, I cannot do it. It's you. <laughs> that's it. You're praying for the glory to come down. How is it going to come down? God said, I have come to deliver my people. And that has been your prayer. He said, you are the one. Moses said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. No, no, I'm not able. You are able. He said, I will be with you. God is just looking for a partner. He's just looking for who? A partner. Praise the Lord. Finally, point three. Because of our time. Reward for service. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of which type of labor does he uh, recognize? Labor of love. And the Bible says he's not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you did what? Minister to who? The saints. Who are the saints? I hope you are not uh, part of those churches that people become saints only after they have died. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the New Testament is written for to living saints, saints that are alive on planet. Eh? <laughs> that is it. He said that, that labor of love, I'm not unright. It's only a wicked employer that will not pay you. <laughs> Don't you know that? And God is not wicked. Say, I'm not unrighteous. That service you did to that sister, and you are there saying, oh, sister did not appreciate Number one, it's not qualified to be appreciated by God because it was not a selfless. You know, SS, SS, because it is SSS, God said, because if it is not, if 
the first S is missing, you say you have your reward already. Isn't it what he said? Say you have it already. You are looking for something from that person or from the people to praise you that you are a good Christian. You have your reward already. But if it is SSS, you say I'm not unrighteous. He said, him that served me, my father will honor. Let me tell you, no man can honor you like God. No man. Because man has limitations. Even if he is the president of the greatest country on earth, he has limitations. But God can honor you and nobody can challenge him. Because he is the possessor of heaven and earth. And besides him, there is no other. He said, I'm a great king. When the children of Israel in the days of Malachi... We are not serving him properly. Say, my friend, the way you are serving me now, even if a governor employs you, will you serve him like that? Don't you know I'm a great king and my name is feared among the hidden? He's a great king. You cannot serve him in vain. His rewards are true. And like I said, they are earthly as well as heavenly. Don't, don't, don't be among those that say our reward is in heaven. <laughs> Let me tell you, if somebody promises to give you a million dollars next year, and you are hungry today, and he cannot give you 10 reals, let me tell you, you better be worried about uh, believing such a promise. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Are we together here? Please, uh, let me tell you, our reward is both earthly and heavenly. That's why godliness is profitable unto all things. Having a promise in this world and in the one to come. That's what Paul told Timothy. But that's not all. You look at it in, uh, in Matthew chapter 25. The place of reward. In verse 19, well, I'll just quickly go to verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You remember that joy I was talking about? That joy. That joy. The joy of service. Then we go to verse 23. He said, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy. Do you know verse 21 and 23 are the same? What's the difference? One had five talents, he got five. Isn't it? He gained five more. Isn't it? The other had two talents, he gained two. Both of them received exactly the same reward. Exactly the same. He didn't say because you got uh, five, you will rule over uh, five more cities. No. He said you will, he will make you ruler over many things. The same, exactly the same. What does that tell us? God's reward is not quantity dependent. Yeah, some people say, ah, I've done so much, I've done so much. It's not the quantity. It's the quality. Is the what? Is it SSS? Because if you look at it, each of them got 100%. Oh, 
if you had five and you gain another five, is that not hundred percent? I don't know mathematics or economics or whatever. If you had two and you gain another two, what percentage is that? Hundred percent. God doesn't accept ninety nine point nine. That's why the, all the S's are important. Yes. You know, many people, they don't understand why they are not seeing all these rewards. They say, we are working for God, we are working for God, we are serving the Lord. They don't understand. And nothing is coming. And then you have to know today that it's my service, SSS. Immediately, if SSS, it will qualify. And immediately, heaven takes it, something happens on earth. So it's not the quantity, it's actually the sincerity and faithfulness of our service. And so he says, behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with That's the eternal reward in heaven. He'll give us mansions. But even in this world, he says he'll make us rulers. Rulers. That talks of power. Let me tell you, you don't need to give power to an idle man. What's he going to do? Power is the ability to do work. If you are not ready to do work, if you are sitting down in the church as a bench warmer, what are you looking for power for? God doesn't waste his power, he's wise. It's when you are doing the work that he brings the power upon you. It's the place of service that is the place of power. He said the Lord went with them confirming the signs. The world with signs following. They were not sitting down. You ask me what's the reason for so little power? We're not serving the Lord. Some of us are serving and we are not SSS. And God sees through everything. Oh, it's a faithful brother, faithful brother, faithful brother, faithful brother. But the Bible says, I see not as man sees. And there's multiplication there. So much more. And that's what we see in our text. In our text in uh, Exodus. We saw all that. Exodus chapter 23 again. Just say from verse 25 this time. I say, and ye shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall do what? Bless thy bread and thy waters. Didn't we talk about what? Outstanding blessings. Outstanding blessings. They who prosper us. And what will happen? <laughs> the hospitals will have to look for other, other people. <laughs> bread of life will not be patronizing them. <laughs> he, he said, because he, I will take away sickness. Talking about reward of service. And he said, there will be no miscarriage or barrenness in any area of our lives. That's a promise for this year. And the number of thy days I will fulfill. Some premature death is there, ruled out. 
whether you are in the air, on the land, in the sea, no matter how much that aircraft shakes and the thing is almost coming out of the sky before it lands on the ground, the angels will support it because you are in it. That's why you hear sometimes of some miraculous landings and, and you can't explain it. That's the promise of God. For us, this year, like our pastor says, there's always a condition for promise. And so we're going to take those two verses as the precept. It says, and ye shall serve the Lord your God. That's the precept. And then those promises we follow. Verse 25 and 26 will be our verses for the year. And the Lord is faithful. We've experienced it in the past year. But like I said, that was just the beginning. Are we ready? Not only for our mansions in heaven, but earthly rewards. The mansion in heaven is the crowning of it all. But our reward also here. Are we ready to receive it? Why don't we rise up? Why don't we rise up to pray? Let's commit ourselves into God's hand. The grace to obey. Why don't we ask? We are not sufficient of our own. Many people make New Year's resolution. doesn't take a few days. They go back on it. Because there's no grace. Why don't we ask God for grace? Say, God, give me grace. Give me grace. Give me grace to serve. Give me grace to obey. We're told on Thursday night that the key is fasting and prayer. Give me the grace to fast and to pray. On Friday again, God reminded us he's fasting and prayer. Give me grace to fast. Empower me to serve you. And let all these outstanding blessings of prosperity come my way. Let sickness be far removed. And let there be fruitfulness. 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 Protection in the air, protection on land. You know, Oman is a place where there are a lot of accidents on the road, but the Lord, the angels surrounding you form a barricade. They form a barricade. Why don't we pray that this true love of Christ will be manifest in our midst, we will wash each other's feet, that every ministry will increase, and that there will be outstanding multiplication in the church. You know, we define that as the fact that this church will be so full that some people will have to stand outside. That's what we mean by outstanding multiplication in the church. Father, we want to thank you indeed. You are a faithful God. You have given us your word indeed. And Lord, here we are, O oh God. We pray that we will not receive your word in vain, but that the power that is in your word, because the Bible says where the word of the king is, there is power. Lord, I pray that power will possess us, that this word will be like a fire in our bones to propel us into that outstanding blessing of this year, that we will serve you with SSS. SSS will be our watchword. And Lord, we know, that because you are not unrighteous, we will see the outstanding blessings. 
and many will be attracted to your glory, and this church will see an outstanding multiplication to the glory of your name. Father, we worship you and give you praise. We hold on to your word because you are faithful. And we are going to see every single one of these promises fulfilled this year in our lives. And your name alone will be glorified. We will not share your glory with you. We will give you all the glory. Immediately somebody asks us, say, why all these good things coming your way? Why all this joy? We will give the message of Andrew, we found the Messiah. Lord, and your name will be lifted up in this land. And like you told us on Thursday, kings will take notice of us. And your name be glorified. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's be seated. Now is the time for us to come to the Lord's table. Let us prepare our hearts. Before that, let us turn to our Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verses 23 onwards. I'll read it for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses from 23 to 32. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner Eat and drink judgments to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Shall we close our eyes? Examine ourselves before we take part in this table. Our God is the covenant-making God. When you are taking part in this table, 
in communion. We are making covenant with him once again. God has forgiven our sins. And we will also remember him. His death, his burial, his resurrection, and his coming. We also make a covenant and accept that. We will declare his death and remember his death until he comes. If you have any unforgiven sins in you, if you remember, confess it before God. Have an assurance of God forgiving your sins. If you have any sin against any brother or sister, this is the time for you to confess before the Lord. Our God is a gracious God. He forgives each and everyone who cry unto Him. Our dear gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for the great privilege to sit at your feet, to hear your word, and be blessed, O oh Father. Lord, once again, it's a privilege for us to come to you in communion, to take part in this table, O oh Father. Forgive all our unforgiven sins, if it is any. Cleanse us once again with the precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And make us as the worthy children to come together to fellowship with one another and also with you. Thank you, Lord, for sending our Son, Jesus Christ. Put him on the cross. By shedding a precious blood, he saved us. He united us. And he has chosen us and made us and promised us that we are your children. And we are brothers and sisters coming together by remembering your de the death, burial, resurrection, and coming of your Son Jesus. Help us to prepare ourselves and help to prepare others to meet you as you are going to come. When we come together, let your blessings be upon each and every one of us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Please come in order as Ashes helps you. Not in this service.
take my life and let it Oh 
the Lord. 